Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Welcome to No Limits. So glad you guys are here. If you're joining us online, I want to say hey to you too. So glad you're with us. It's great to hear the word of God over the internet, but if you can ever be with us here in person, come on, get your tail in in one of these seats, right? <laughs> this is the place to be. Well, y'all have the privilege of introducing somebody really awesome today. Everybody's been awesome. Uh, you guys, we just haven't heard from Mr. Chris Rose in a while. How many of you guys already know Chris? Whoop, whoop. A lot of you guys are going to get to meet him for the first time today, and I'm excited for that. He actually was my youth pastor back in the day. That's the original connection, and uh, I was reminiscing a little bit with him before service. Beth and I are leading the youth small group this semester, and our first session that we had at our house when we had all the youth, like, like I went back in time and realized all the crap that I gave this guy. Not that the youth is being bad. I mean, they're really good. Actually, can we just have the youth stand up? If you've been in the youth small group this semester, stand up. We want to embarrass you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. You guys are one awesome group of kids. Like, it's been such a blessing to have you guys. Uh, This week is going to be our last week for the summer semester, but we're going to do it again in the fall. So I'm looking forward to that. But so this is my youth pastor from back in the day, and now he leads Don't Look Back Prison Ministry. I'll let, you do, I'll let him tell you his story because it's quite incredible. And don't forget to tell it because I know there's a lot of familiar faces in here, but some people have never heard it before. Let me pray for you before you get started. Lord, we bless this guy. We're thankful for him, and uh, we, we ask you to bless him with uh, exactly everything that he needs to do what you've called him to do. We call in the finances. We call in the volunteers. We call in everything that he needs, and we stand with him in agreement in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh. I'm just going to have to be blunt from the get-go, so here we go. Uh, we need to back up about five minutes is what we need to do. Can I get some lights down for just a half a second, please? We need to back up. Uh, I came to the Lord August 8th of 1993, which is running right into 28 years, and I've been chasing Jesus ever since. As a child, I was treated pretty bad, and I hated women. I hated them. My mom treated me like crap, and my response to that was, my first two marriages, every person I got near that was female, they paid. I didn't know this. You know, a lot of times we do stuff, and we don't know what we're doing. We just do it. And I didn't know. I didn't know this is what I was doing, but I was treating every woman that I got near like they were second-class citizens. And since I've been walking with the Lord, I've learned something. If not for women, we ain't got a freaking chance. No, I'm serious. Who was lined up here just a second ago? It's like men's got something. Men ain't got jack. Men just hide crap. That's all we do. And I know this ain't got nothing to do with my message, but something's got to break. Something has to stop. We can't keep playing like we got it figured out and the women keep trying to carry the load. 
I've never been in a church where women didn't carry it. Ever. I've been in two churches in my life and the women carry it. And every church I go visit, the women carry it. Men are punks. <laughs> no, straight up. Because we, oh, oh, I got this figured out. You ain't figured out nothing. All you know is it's easier to hide something than it is to actually acknowledge it. For every woman that was up here, there should have been two or three men. That's my bluntness. Is that okay? Because we got to figure this out, man. There's a war going on. And we're getting smoked. And what we got to do is figure out what are we going to do about that? Well, we got to man up for one. We got to try to quit putting on the image and be what we're supposed to be. Men of God. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I need you to stand up. So we're all at the same table, right? Pretty much. We're at the same table. We're all in this together, right? And if we look at one another, we need to look at one another as that person that needs to be lifted up, encouraged, built up, talked well about, right? Because we're in this together. Yeah, the, the enemy's trying to come at us, but he's done defeated. He's a defeated foe. He done lost. He lost at the cross. Is that right or wrong? So if he lost, that means us men, we need to quit being uh, superficial and fake, and we need to start being real. We got to get real somewhere. Because if we don't, we're all going to pay. All of us. Men have got to man up. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for this body. I thank you for the, the things that are taking place here that's reshaping even the fabric of this region. That this city's being touched by this body. And things are changing in the heavenlies. Lord, I thank you for the spiritual impact that's taking place even right now, God, in these standing up and saying they belong to you. And Lord, let us belong to you. Let us be sold out to you that nothing else can get in the way between me and you. Nothing. That everything I would do would glorify you, God, in every action, every word, and every deed. Lord, that the world is dying and it's fading away. But my walk with you is better today than it's ever been because you love me first you accepted me before I knew you. And I pray that for these, Lord, that we be sold out for the gospel of Jesus Christ and quit being for rent to everything around us. I pray boldness over this house. I pray blessings over this house. I ask you, God, to do supernaturally right now in every person here that they no longer walk in bondage, but they walk above it. Freed in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a seat. Let's roll. Okay, Chris Rose. How do we start this? Huh. <laughs> I teach in my church how to do a three-minute testimony. Are you ready? I do, because anybody can listen for three minutes, right? No, I can bore the crap out of you of 20, but you can listen to me for three.
Is that right? So when I was born, I was born to a mother that didn't want nothing to do with me. Uh, I spent the first 11 years of my life locked up in a room, had a padlock on the outside. I had a little metal can to use the restroom in. I had cheeseburger and french fries every night, and she didn't know how to cook. I have now said more words to you than I ever said to her. We were never in a room together, and if we were ever in a car together, I was made to sit in the back seat behind my stepdad who beat the crap out of me all the time because if she didn't like something I did, the way I looked, the way I responded, she would tell him to come beat me. When I was 11 years old, he unlocked the door. I met him at the door. I hit him first. Next day, I was in the Baptist Boys Ranch. I spent the next seven years locked up in every institution Oklahoma had for juveniles. And they didn't treat kids good. Okay? I remember many times being chained up, naked, on Thorazine as a child. 1993, I got out of prison a third time. Because my stepdad prophesied over me that I was a worthless piece of crap, and he'd show me the walls of the prison in McAllister, and he'd say, that's where you're going. And, that's, and then he'd go lock me back up in the room. 93, I get out of prison, third time. Second wife looks at me and goes, you're, you're an idiot, and i got to get away from you. And I'm thinking, dude, I wish I could get away from me. Because I had become exactly what my stepdad said I was, a worthless piece of crap. Met a little girl. <laughs> she asked me to church I'm thinking man if I go in there them walls are coming down <laughs> lightning bolts are going to strike but I went to church August 8th 1993 actually August 7th 1993 some people allowed me to come and live in their laundry room very familiar dimensions <laughs> had a washer and dryer had a TV sitting on the dryer. On the TV, the gentleman said, if you're waiting to fix all your stuff before you come to Jesus, you never will. I met Jesus on August 7th at 10.30 at night because I dropped to my knees next to that bunk and I asked Jesus to come to my heart. I knew the next morning when that little girl picked me up, I had the cheese, dude. <laughs> For 17 miles, she's asking me, what's wrong with you? All I knew was I needed to profess my faith to the one who had just set me free. Right? I needed to. And these two right here were in that room. The moment her dad said, if anyone, just like I've been ever since, if anyone, and I went up and gave my heart to Jesus. And have I done it right since then? Here would be appropriate for a cuss word. I know. I've missed it at every corner. I've made every mistake you can make. I've taken her down roads that she never should have went down. But God has been faithful. Today, after much counseling and many hits upside the head by God, I'm doing much better. You know what I'm saying? I am because God is faithful. He wasn't looking at us to be some big thing anyway. He was just looking at us to come home. He sent Jesus to make that bridge to get us back to the house so that I might be able to live out a life others said I couldn't have. Today I live a life that nobody could have ever thought I would be here. Nobody. So, are we good? You've met Chris Rose. Nice to meet you. I'm so glad that we're here this morning. And I'm asking you, man to man, for you men, Man up. 
Be transparent. Let your spouse know what's up. Let your children know what's happening. When they have an altar call, beat the ladies down here. Try it. See what happens. Right? No, do it. Come on. It's no big deal. If this isn't a safe place, where is? Right? I go into prison every week. And I get to preach to guys that have no idea where they're going or what they're doing. And some of them think they do. And of course, they can't pull that off. But as I'm going in there, I realize we all have a place. Because when I'm standing in that prison and I begin to preach, I'm in my place. God took everything that man meant for bad in me and smoked it. He turned it and he uses it to his glory. And we got to put that transitional house together with your, your help. And we got to we put this house together. And men have come into this house. They've witnessed the glory of God. Yes. Of course, each one of them have to make a decision. They have to decide, are they going to follow or are they going to fall away? That's on them. That's not my call. Just like this house. When they walk in the door, we love them. We tell them how valuable they are. We hug them. We offer them a cup of coffee. We pray with them. But if they decide to walk out the door, we keep going. Is that right or wrong? We just keep going. Do not take failure upon yourself. The reason I'm throwing this at you, 2020 tore me up, man. 2019, I'm in the prisons and jails every week. We are on it. We got volunteers going in Rogers County Jail three days a week. We're going into prison three days a week. We're telling everybody everything we can about Jesus and how good he's been to us. 2020 came along. The title of my message today is Pride and its ugly cousins. Pride has some ugly cousins. Right? It does. And I had pride in my heart. Even though I'd named the ministry Don't Look Back, God had gave, them, gave me that out of Philippians 3.13. I just keep going, but I've not yet attained it. One thing I don't do is I don't look back there. I don't look back where my mom, I don't look back to where my stepdad, I don't look back. I don't go there. I don't even look back to yesterday. I'm going. I want to learn, but I want to go. I want to keep going. I want to stay above, not beneath. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm alive in Christ Jesus. I was dead to my sin. I've been set free. Which one are you going to walk in? I've decided today I'm going to walk in, my, in what God's given me, freedom. I'm no longer bound by the enemy, right? But guess what? Other stuff likes to sneak up, does it not? Little things like to sneak up, just like I tell the guys in prison. My sin today isn't me walking out of Walmart like this. There is nothing in Walmart I haven't carried out freely. But that's not my sin anymore. My sin today is in the time that we spend here together, I'll say something stupid. May have already. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? That's my sin. My sin today has changed, but I still have a sin. In Pride's Ugly Cousins, we look at the word compete, compare, and complain. <laughs> Those are all Pride's Ugly Cousins. We want to compete. Is that right? 
Not only does the body itself want to compete with each other. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if all the Olympians went to the Olympics and decided, well, I'm just going to do this on my own? Well, what country you re- what country you represent? Oh, I'm just here. <laughs> Is that right? It wouldn't last. Because right. a person from the United States of America, where are they wearing? Some semblance of the flag. Yeah. Right? They're from the USA. They may not be proud of it at the moment. We've, we've deterred quite a ways. <laughs> right? But they're there for the United States of America. We are the church. We are the body. Right? We should not be competing. And my scripture that I use for that is Philippians 2, 3 through 7. It says, like, it says this right here. Check this out. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? I got to make you better than me? Yes, I do. I should have a desire that every one of you goes by me in this walk for the Lord, and I get left in the dust. But somehow we've got this thing where, no, you need to be puffing me up so I can be something big. And that's wrong. Because guess what? If I help you get where you're going, I get to go too. (laughs) I get to go. I get to follow. I get to see you. It says, through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. Competition was out. Are we to compete for a race scripturally? Yes, we are. But are we to compete with each other, trying to push each other down so that we can get somewhere? No, we're not. Am I supposed to look at another body that's believing right now, that's together in a building, and they're they're lifting up the name of Jesus, and am I supposed to think, oh, we're doing better than they are? No. I'm supposed to hope that they are doing better than me. Is this okay? My Jules told me to quit saying that, so I'm trying to work on it. (laughs) No, she did. This is my wife, Jules, and she's a beautiful, beautiful person. But she herself has had to put up with so much of my mess that she's got me to this place where I can actually hear what she's saying. No, I'm serious. No, dude, there were years, man, she say something to me. I go, okay, whatever. I know none of you men are afflicted with that. I got that. I was ate up with it. And yet she was given to me by God to take and make my path right so that I might get somewhere in who he is in me. And I wouldn't have got here without her. Right? There's no way. But, oh, I had the big head when I come to know the Lord. Oh, they all need to hear my story. I wonder if they're going to put my name up in lights. I wonder if thousands are going to come in here. 
And it didn't stop, guys. 2020 brought it all back. 2020 brought every bit of that back. Pride. Competing. Oh, why, my, why isn't my ministry house getting real big? Why don't I have 14 of them? Why, why, is anybody with me here? Why ain't I getting in prison? Why ain't I getting to go in? Why, why is everything stopping? I was looking to compete with everybody. I wonder if my message is as good as the next person. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm as okay as it gets, man. This is all you're going to get. <laughs> this is it. My knowledge base is based off of this cover right here. Jesus, right? So number two, compare. 2 Corinthians 12, 10, or 10, 12 says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You ever been around people puff themselves up? Puffed up? Anybody been around any one-uppers? Anybody know any one-uppers? <laughs> oh, I did a half a gram. Well, I did three quarters. Shut up. That's all the NA meeting was about. Who did the most? Hey, how come we can't brag on Jesus? Jesus took a sinner such as me and changed me. Addicted to pornography for 42 freaking years and cleaned me up. No, cleaned me up. Why? For his glory. So I wouldn't be standing in front of people lying. You hear what I'm saying? I get to stand in front of people now and tell the truth. I no longer have to stand in prison and go, there's things even my wife doesn't know. How stupid does that sound? When I was saying it, it sounded great. <laughs> but then God slapped me upside the head, as usual, and said, that's wrong. And so two, and a half, two years ago or so, I had to clean the plate. I had to lay it all out there. And I have been a nasty human being apart from Christ. But I've tried to compare myself. I tried to compete, right? I let that pride get back up in me. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm better than you because of this. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Is that right? So compare... Let's not compare. It's an ugly cousin. Think of it that way. Anybody got any ugly cousins? I'm joking. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was wrong. I guess I'm one. They would classify me as an ugly cousin. Anyway. No, pride's ugly cousins. Does that make sense? Complain. Oh, no, we'll let that one go. Because we like to gossip and complain. The church is ate up with it. They just love doing it. Because we ain't got nothing else. We can't go do no dope. Can't go strip joint. <laughs> we might as well complain. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Philippians 2.14 says this right here. It's what it says. Do not complain <laughs> in all things without complaining. Do all things without complaining. Oh, I'm having to sweep this floor. How come these people can't pick up this trash? What's wrong with these people? 
Why'd they leave that cup sitting over there? And them Christians, man, they can't figure nothing. Shut up. Amen. Glad we got a cup. Amen. Glad we got a floor. Glad we got a broom to put on the floor. Glad I got hands to put on the broom to put on the floor. Glad I got breath in my lungs. Right? No, find the opposite of it. Isn't that right? When we came to the Lord, we're supposed to be the opposite of what we were. We're supposed to be totally changed. Nothing the same. Nothing. Completely changed. I'm tempted to get my DNA done again. I tell everybody this. I think my DNA is different. Because I don't think the same. I don't act the same. But I love the Lord. And I love all that He's done in me. Even though it has been painful. Has it been painful? It will continue to be painful if you're going to grow. If you don't grow, guess what? It'll be just fine. It'll suck because you'll be dead sea and that's not cool. You want stuff floating on you? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm done. So let's look at the other side of this deal. I'm moving on. The beauty... What's the other side? The beauty of humility. It's beautiful to be humble. To be able to say, God, whatever you need to do in me, please do it. And if I got to look like an idiot, I want to be a big idiot. If I got to look weak, I want to be the weakest person in the building. I do. I want weakness all over me because I tried the man up stuff differently than what I asked earlier, okay? <laughs> Where I was, you know, talking down to people, trying to put them in their place. Here's another one. Blunt. You ready? Most of those women were up here a while ago due to men. Anyway, moving on. Is that right? When a woman comes forward, it's usually a man that's put her up there. Anyway, we'll let that one settle. <laughs> I see the smoke. <laughs> consider let's, let's think about Jeremiah 9 23 through 24 right for humility 23 says thus says the Lord let not the wise man glory in his wisdom let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches verse 24 says but let him who glories glory in this that he understands and knows me That I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Oh my. I want to know the Lord. And I want to know His righteousness and His goodness and His judgment. That's what I want to know. Because then no matter what I have to deal with outside these walls, it can't get me. It can't own me. It can't tell me what to do. And when my wife says something that used to drive me nuts, I can now say yes, dear. And she'll attest, I'm getting there. When we first got married, are we cool? Holes in the wall. When we first got married, I was 32 years old in the natural 
I was 12 in my emotions. I'm going to mess this up. You ready? (laughs) She asked me to take out the trash. I threw food all over the wall, and I busted a hole in the wall when she asked me to take the trash out. Why? Because I was a 12-year-old, and I couldn't stand anybody telling me what to do. Do you understand? I started doing drugs when I was 12, and that's when I stopped growing. When I turned 32, I was still 12 years old. He's bumped me forward a little bit. I'm 14 today, doing real well. (laughs) But he's moving me forward. I'm glad we're having a good time. Isn't this cool? To get to come to church and laugh and hear the truth and walk away and be something out there so that another might meet Jesus. That's my greatest desire for this house, that souls would come to know Jesus and their lives would be changed and they no longer be the same. A man would come to know Jesus. His family would be restored. Children would be brought back. Is that the greatest thing or not? Not to go chase after stuff, but chase after Him. Right? Number two, control. This is a good control. <laughs> Luke 12, 22 through 25 says, Then he said to the disciples, Therefore I say to you, Do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, nor the body, what you'll put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Don't we try to control that? But God says he's got that. Well, does he or doesn't he? Do I have to spend seven days working to get a new pair of jeans? No. I need to give it to him. Is that right? I need to put him in the control that he's supposed to be in my life. And if I do, I'm being humble. Is that right? God, you got all control. You own me. Do what you would do. Change me. Renew me. Restore me. Break me of me. Break me so that I might be something that might be seen of you. Is that right? Because we're the only evidence. We're the evidence today. When you walk outside of here, you're the evidence of God on the earth. The Holy Spirit does the drawing, pulling. We ain't got to win everybody, but we need to be evidence. Is that right? So number one, let's be humble. The beauty of humility is to consider what it says in Jeremiah, to control ourselves and understand who he is in us and allow him to have control in our lives, which means you got to die. Last. Thank you guys for having us out today. I didn't finish reading that. You need to hear this. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. 24 says, consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither uh, storehouses nor barn, and God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? Say, I I am valuable. valuable. Are you? Yes. Yes. We're valuable. How much more value do you need to know other than a, 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 a God came to the earth as man? suffered all the degradation, went to the cross, died a horrific death, right? Rose on the third day for you, for me. 
so that we might live a life that's different than the one Satan had planned for us. So I'm going to tell you right now, as much as God loves you, Satan hates you. Hates. And he'll create every avenue he can to make you stumble. Because he knows you. How does he know you? He lived with the Father. Did he not? Side by side. Number two. Right? And every day you get up, what does he see? The one he hates more than anything. God. Because you're made in his image. And when he sees you, all he can think is, what can I do today to completely ruin them? And one of the best things he does is get somebody to come to church on a Sunday and act like they know Jesus and then go out there and live like they don't. It's like guys on the yard get so mad because guys will come down to the chapel, act one way. Oh, glory, hallelujah, Jesus is Lord. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. And then go up there and, hey, you got a light for this joint? Now, I'm not knocking weed, people. Don't get on me. Don't start throwing stuff. Oh, my gosh. All I'm saying is if you're saying you're one thing, but you're doing another, right? And I'm all for medical marijuana. Let's get this out of the way. Oh, my gosh. This is going to cause so much turmoil. I can feel it already. Listen, I smoked weed for 20 plus years every freaking day. Every day. Eight years I worked for this employer. Eight years I was with him. Eight years every day I was high. One day I came to work and I couldn't get no dope. That day he thought I was high. I'm not going to argue what man says one way or the other. I'm not for that. I'm going to tell you right now, alcohol is legal too. People in church come, drink, do all that. Dude, let's get real with it. I ain't here to point. If I'm going to point, I'm going to point right here. I do not need anything external to make me walk with God. If I'm reaching for something, I miss it. That's my own sale point. You get it? That's my own where I'm at. I felt that wall. Anyway, <laughs> console. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. That way we may be able to walk, may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation, consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Do you understand something here? The walk with the Lord is not an easy deal. Walking away from him, go for it. Is it going to suck? Yeah. But walking with the Lord isn't like, oh, this is all. Some reason people get this thought, oh, I'll walk with the Lord, everything just be great. I uh, know. It's in opposition to everything around you. Right? There's an opposing force spiritually. That comes against us all the time. But here, greater is he that's in who? 
me than he that's in that world. Now, I can have sufferings, but I can also be next to someone. I haven't met you, sir. You're an outstanding individual. (laughs) No, you. (laughs) But no, I just feel it, your presence. But what I'm saying is I can be walking next to you, and I could have a moment of of, uh, weakness, and you could be my strength. We're to build one another up, console one another, right? Help each other. Don't look back as here for one reason today. One, to say thank you for what you've done for us. That's one reason, to thank you for what you've done for us because everything you've done for us is being done for others. Do you hear me? We're a conduit of who he is. We allow him to work through us to touch others for his glory, not ours. Are we good? So we can understand that pride has some ugly cousins? I just mentioned three of them. There's many. In 2020, I thought, oh my, it's all falling apart. Right? I need to control it. I need to take care of it. I need, oh, if I don't do it, it ain't going to happen. And the Lord was like, "Uh, no. But then he said, watch this. I love when God says, watch this to me. The phone rang. Chris? Yes, sir. This is Chaplain Raymer from the prison. Remember me? Yes, I do, sir. Uh, Looks like we're going to go ahead and invite you to come in as a chaplain. Anybody hear what I said? Right. No, God takes what we think is loss and goes, watch this. Watch this. So every Monday... I'm a three-time, I've been in prison three times. I got multiple felonies. None of them are to brag about. I've been in 30 or 40 different jails. I've been addicted to about everything. And I sat at a desk with a key. (laughs) And guys walk by and they go, we've heard about you. And if you can be there, so can I. Right? But what I'm saying is, people walk by you every day. And they say, I know where you are at. And if you can be there, so can I. We have to testify. We have to tell people how good he's been to us. And how much he's changed us and how much we're being changed. Is that cool? Is everybody good? So I want to finish with one thing here. If you've got something right now that just seems impossible, seems like, man, there ain't no way this is going to happen. I've had the impossible happen. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you've got something impossible in your life right now, Come on, man. Something that's going on in your life right now that you don't think you can pull this off. I want to pray for you. Anybody? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can sit back down. Yeah, thank you. So right now, as a body of believers, you've seen who stood up, right? We're going to agree together for them. And then those that couldn't stand up, we're going to agree for them. 
We've had loss here. I feel it. We've had things take place that shouldn't have. But the God that we serve knows. Is that right or wrong? And we want to pray for mental issues. We want to pray for heart issues. And we want to pray for a continuance in our walk. Are we good? Father God, I just praise you today. I thank you, Father, that every one of these situations, God, that you knew beforehand, you knew. You knew the circumstances that we'd walk into before we ever did. But you're faithful and you're holy. And you hold everything in your hands. And every loss that we've ever had, Father, you knew it beforehand, but you also know where you can take us through it. You know how we can walk through it. You know the evidence of after we walk through it. You know the testimony that we'll share after and as we are walking through it. So I pray your peace. I pray, God, everything that you have for this body will become evident in the natural and affect the supernatural in such a way, Lord, that this building will not be big enough for what you want to do in this house. I thank you for each one that stood. I pray, God, right now in the name of Jesus that you deliver them from anything that's not theirs, God, that's not of you. Lord, we thank you, Father, that everything that's not of you is under our feet. We stand upon it. And we stand upon your word that stands upon that. And we thank you, God, that you free us, deliver us, walk us out, and let us be evidence of you in this world and everything that you've done, that someone today would see us and go, hey, What's that? And we'd be able to share the love of Christ, and they might be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Isn't he a blessing? Yeah. So most of you probably already know this, but there, we are monthly partners with his ministry. We give $500 to them every month. So just know that through your giving, you're going into the prisons with him. So that's, that's super cool. And I want to invite you guys to give today. So if you're giving by cash or check, just raise your hand. Our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. Of course, you can give online anytime. And if you want to give directly to Don't Look Back, just give it to the local outreach fund today, and I'll make sure that he gets everything that goes to that fund. We'll send him a little extra than we normally send him. Anybody good with that? You can give it online or on your offering envelope, however you want to do that. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.